0: We shared that the only thing that really helped both of us when we were in prison to stand on our faith was Holy Spirit. So how we are we going to not talk about it?
1: Not everyone in American churches know and experience true Christianity This is what three Iranian women said at a recent panel discussion at the Family Research Council. They say that we need to value our freedom and use our freedom as American Christians to be the voice for the persecuted church internationally. And they say that the only thing that really helped them in prison was to stand in faith by the power by the present ministry of the Holy Spirit to them. The name of the panel discussion was Stories from Iran Religious Freedom and the Growth of the Underground Church. It's on the Family Research Council website, frc.org, and I will have a link to this discussion on the show notes page at jesusmart.com. So on February the 5th, Family Research Council held this panel discussion. And three Iranian women shared firsthand about the persecution they endured for living out their faith in their home country. One woman was arrested and detained in a men's detention center in 2009. After being released, she fled to Switzerland, where she is now appealing to the international community to help her family, as well as other Iranian Christians. I believe her father is currently imprisoned and possibly other family members as well. During that same year, 2009, the two other Iranian women on this panel were both in prison for, quote, promoting Christianity. They were detained for 259 days in Evan prison in Tehran. And although they were sentenced to death, the women were cleared of all charges and released from custody after international pressure and international intervention. These three women, their stories are not unique. Open Doors USA ranks Iran as the ninth worst country for Christian persecution. I'll have a link to that on the show notes page as well. My name is Brian Del Turco. This is episode 111 of Jesus Smart, the podcast. And we're asking this question today, are we living in the era of the Holy Spirit since Christ, even though a whole lot of the American church doesn't seem to embrace it. Let's hear from these Iranian believers now, and I'll come back with a few thoughts.
2: You know, we, we did many public speakings, um, mostly in churches, um, since we moved here, and especially after publishing our book in 2013. And that was the only, the, the question at the end we would receive was that, what is your message for churches in america and you know when we moved to the us we thought we are moving to a christian country everyone is christian and they believe in jesus but very soon we realized that um, not everyone believes in jesus christ and not everyone knows the true christianity it's like in iran you know we most people are just born as a muslim they don't know islam and they don't read the quran I think it's the same in the US. People are born as Christians, but uh, not everyone has personal experience and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, And we always, our message to churches in America is that please um, appreciate the freedom you have in this country, the freedom of going to a church and freely worshiping God. Uh, We understand what this means um, as two people, as all of us, I, I can say as people who came from a country that you, you cannot even sing for God with a loud voice. You have to be cautious about, about everything. This freedom that you have in this country is, is a precious gift. But we also believe that you have to use this freedom. You can't just live your freedom and enjoy this freedom. We have to be a voice for those people who do not have this freedom. Um, one day persecution may come to the free countries, and we might need help from that part of the world. So. Please stand up for your brothers and sisters and be their voice.
0: I would like to share one personal
2: experience, as Mariam shared.
0: Uh, we had the different, you know, picture coming to the United States, but um, we spoke uh, after publishing the book. We spoke in many churches. We traveled to other countries, um, and we realized that, you know, um, especially in the United States, we spoke in many states, in many churches, and we, we realized that, you know. Um, it's not you know, like that all uh, Christians are really true believers. Um, they invited us for a speaking um, a few times. In some churches, we experienced that they came to us before speaking. They told us, would you please not talk about Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. What? Not talking about Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. So if you are going to separate that, what is, what is going we are t- going to talk about. We shared that the only thing that really helped both of us when we were in prison to stand on our faith was Holy Spirit. So how we are going to not talk about it? And it wasn't, you know just the churches, and it was, you know, we had this discussion with the publisher, because the publisher, before publishing the book, they, we had this discussion, they asked us, "Is it okay to not print that, those parts about Holy Spirit?" And again. We were so shocked, and uh, at the beginning, we didn't know why why they are going to omit that part. And they told us because many people in America do not believe in Holy Spirit, and we said, "Okay, we don't care if they don't believe in Holy Spirit. This is our story, and I'm not going to change my story. I'm not going to omit that part that how Holy Spirit, you know, did a lot of miracles in our lives." and um, you know, it was very, you know, strange for both of us to hear in those things. And we realized that, you know, some, in some churches, it's most about, you know, money, business. And it's not about um, Jesus. It's not yeah. about Holy Spirit, which was very disappointing.
1: Anything you'd like to share about that?
0: Um, I believe you said it all. It's... Um, It says in Corinthians, it says, do not uh, forget our brothers and sisters in prison. Continue to pray for them. Um, uh, and, And as you said, the Holy Spirit is the one who helps in prisons. There's so many stories one can share from what God is doing in prison. So, yeah, do please pray for the Spirit of God to move inside of the prisons.
1: I want to share a few thoughts that are in my heart about religious persecution, about identifying with those in prison from Matthew 25 and also Hebrews 13, a few verses there, verses two and three. But before that, let me talk about this concept that I'm calling a theological cognitive bias against the Holy Spirit. That's a that's a mouthful, but a theological cognitive bias against the full spectrum work and activity an expression and manifestation of the third member of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus said it was actually to our advantage that he returned to the Father and send the Holy Spirit. You can read about this in like John 14, 15, 16, you know, the night before he died, Thursday night of Passover week. Many of the last words he was leaving with his disciples were about the Holy Spirit. He would teach you all things. He will show you what is to come. He will take of what is mine and disclose it to you. He is another helper of the same kind as me. He said to wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit. Don't do anything. Don't move out and do anything in terms of the commission that I'm leaving you until you are endued with power by the Holy Spirit. Jesus warned religious leaders in his day not to speak against the Holy Spirit. I want you to really catch the sense of honor and deference that he gives to the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, you can speak a word against me as the second member of the Godhead, the Son of God, and be forgiven. But if you speak a word against the Holy Spirit, you will not be forgiven. And if you'll look at the context, if you look at at the contextual arrangement of his teaching in those verses, He's talking about religious leaders who were attributing the works of the Holy Spirit to demonic powers. That is the context in which he warned us against speaking against the Spirit. If you read the book of Acts, the book of Acts is really not just a historical book of what once happened. It's a seminal book. It's a DNA book. It's a book of precedent and patterns for the entire, what I would call the era of the Holy Spirit, the church age, if you continue with like Paul's 13 letters in the New Testament, make no mistake about it. It's Christocentric first, but then there's so much emphasis upon the Holy Spirit. And really, how do we in our time become Christocentric and experience the fullness of Christ without the fullness of Of the Spirit, Paul wrote, I think, to the Corinthians, the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Jesus comes to us now via the Holy Spirit. And yet, if you were to listen to a lot of the theological debate that goes on in North America, and I mean a lot, in a lot of churches, and a lot of denominations, and in a lot of institutions of higher education, it seems they would have us to believe that the Holy Spirit has been somewhat mute for the last 15 centuries. He only now illuminates or gives us understanding on what the Holy Spirit inspired during the Old Covenant and during the first century when the New Testament writers wrote contend for the faith once for all delivered. But that faith in, you know, the faith that was once delivered in the first century is a faith that includes a full spectrum ministry of the Holy Spirit. These voices would have us to believe that we're inferior to old covenant saints. What, what do I mean by that? That God, God interacted with old Testament saints. He spoke to them. He did exploits. They did exploits under the power of God. They would, In effect, they would have us to believe that we're inferior to the first century church. God no longer talks to us like he talked to them. He only talks to us if we can find a chapter and a verse in the Bible. In fact, I mean, it's almost like God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Bible. You know, the Holy Spirit no longer does exploits in and through us like he did in and through them. All we can do now is is read about it in a book and rely upon the Holy Spirit to give us illumination only on what he once said, only on what he once did. That's all we can hope for, really, from the Holy Spirit. And yet Paul wrote in Corinthians that we under the new covenant are now under a superior covenant whose glory so far surpasses the glory of the old covenant that it's incomparable Our experience should be far above and beyond now on this side of the cross, this side of the empty tomb, this side of the ascension of Christ and the session or the seating of Christ as a king and the pouring out of his Holy Spirit upon the earth. But they would have us to believe that the the dynamics of this new covenant were severely downgraded when John died. And when the Western church unanimously agreed on the canon of the New Testament, the 27 books of the New Testament canon finally resolved in the 500s AD. So that's why I say it seems they would have us to believe that he is somewhat mute and his ministry to us has been downgraded for the last 15 centuries. We'll talk more about this on the podcast. I want to be fair I want to be reasonable about it. I don't want to get, you know, crazy about it. But I just want to be fair to the scriptures exegetically. I want to be fair to the experience of church history, what many millions of believers have experienced throughout church history, and especially since the late 1800s, early 1900s, on into the 21st century. What's happening globally in South America, Africa, Asia, what's happening in Russia. And, and in America, it's just that there's a lot of North American, what I call a theological cognitive bias against a full spectrum experience of the Holy Spirit. And I am saying that we cannot have a full spectrum experience as a Christ follower without a full spectrum experience of the Holy Spirit. Well, my friend, on the show notes page, I'm going to have a link to an article Persecuted Middle East Christians Petition, International Community, Stand Up for Your Brothers and Sisters. This is Decision Magazine from the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. They picked up and they covered this panel discussion at the Family Research Council on February 5. I'll have a link to that. If you just want to go to the website now, you can go there. It's decisionmagazine.com. I'll also have a link again to that full 90-minute or so panel discussion directly from the Family Research Council site. I think, I'll, I think I mentioned I'll also leave a link to, to the Open Doors reference to Iran. And while you're on that site, you could look at other nations as well. But here's what they said again. They are asking these, these uh, women, these Iranian believers in this panel discussion are asking the international community to step up to the plate. Here's what they said again, quote, as people who came from a country where you cannot even sing for God with a loud voice. This freedom that you have in the United States is a precious gift, but we also believe that you have to use this freedom. You just can't enjoy this freedom personally. We have to be a voice for those people who do not have this freedom. And so what Jesus said in Matthew 25, 34, uh, and through uh, 36, he said, then the King will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, you invited me in naked and you clothed me sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And they will say at that time, if you, if you go on to read it, when, Lord, when did we do this? Like, when were you in prison? When you did it to the, to the least of these You've done it unto me. And then Hebrews chapter 13, verses two through four. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. For by this, some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember the prisoners, verse three. Remember the prisoners as though in prison with them and those who are ill-treated, since you yourselves also are in the body of Christ. I personally have been feeling challenged on these edges in recent weeks, the past couple of months, beginning in December, justice issues. I'm challenged by that personally. I got one of my eyes on the horizon of the new heavens and the new earth and the fact that I am going to be appraised. Part of my vision is there It's almost like bifocal vision in a sense. It's not a perfect illustration, but part of my sense of vision and expectation is there. The other part is right now. I want to live in the light of the new heavens and the new earth to come. I want it to inform my attitude, my motivation, my activity now during this life, if I could put it that way, already living in the powers of the age which are to come. These themes are woven throughout this podcast I encourage you to go to JesusSmart.com to learn more about the podcast and see the show notes page for this episode, episode 111, with the links I mentioned. I'll probably have some additional resources. If you listen to this podcast right away, like within hours when it goes live on the feed, give it 12 to 24 hours before that show notes page appears. If you go there and don't see it yet, come back to the site at JesusSmart.com. It always helps when you rate and review and subscribe to the podcast, wherever you listen. This helps others to find the podcast. It's now on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and just about anywhere you listen to podcasts. We have an e-letter which goes out pretty much every week. We're a little bit overdue right now, but one's going to be going out this week yet. Next level ideas and insights that we try to glean and pull together and curate to develop as a Christ follower and as an apprentice of his kingdom. Hey, my friend, Jesus is brilliant. He's full of light. I was thinking about Saul of Tarsus when he was blinded by the appearance of Christ on the road to Damascus. His natural eyesight was taken away for a time. The the light of Christ was so overpowering. And it's like, Lord, in a real sense, do that for me. Take away, not my physical eyesight, but take away my natural way of seeing. Blind me to it with the brilliance of your light, the brilliance of your intelligence. He knows how this life works best starting right now and the new heavens and a new earth are on the way so the future is incredibly bright. We can live right now, begin to live now in the light of that horizon, in the life of it, in the power and authority of it.